Hey, everybody. Glad you could join us here on localjobnetwork.com radio for Moving Up the Ladder, a podcast designed to aid in the success of your career, no matter which part of the ladder you're standing on. Now, today we're taking a look at a specific group and really answering the question of what successful human resource professionals do so well. And to do that, we brought on an expert. Her name is Brooke Carlin. She is a principal consultant at Stunsel Group, where she heads up the human capital segment. She has a wealth of experience, and we're looking to dig into that knowledge and experience here today. Brooke, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Tim? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. And we appreciate you coming on the show and talking about some of these aspects that will help our listeners. The first thing I wanted to, to get an idea of, um, and really for our listeners as well, is can you give us a quick insight into your experience uh, in the human resources world and, and really where your perspective is coming from today? Absolutely. I've spent more than uh, 20 years as an HR practitioner leading HR organizations in global high tech, um, including 15 years as a, a member of executive teams at those firms. So when I look at human resources, I've seen a lot of transformation over those 20 years as technology has made significant improvements and business strategies have evolved. So, you know, when I look at HR, I look at where we're headed and how we can have a huge impact. Well, and one of the areas uh, that, that you mentioned in an article that um, I saw from you was this idea of human resources professionals understanding the why as opposed to just the how. Can you explain the difference there and why you think that's so important for HR professionals? And this is really a very key area that for HR professionals in particular, but I think most professionals can relate to, is that why you're doing something is really just as important as how you're doing it. So many people, especially in HR, focus on the process, how to do it well, um, how to ensure that steps aren't missed that they really leave on the table an opportunity to understand the why so that they can really mm-hmm. ensure they're having relevant HR practices for their organization. Now, is this a change that you think has been important or occurring in recent years? Is this something that's always been a part of, of the HR role? Uh, how do you view, as far as you mentioned, maybe a, a changing trend a little bit? Yeah, I think it's really a growing evolution. It's something that has been there for many years for successful HR professionals but it's becoming more and more important regardless of what your role is within human resources to be able to understand the why, um, especially with the amount of process improvements that organizations have had with technology, the stretch on organizations financially to make sure they're really leveraging their dollars in the right place, and the need to be a highly competitive employer in a knowledge-based economy. These pressures are there to make sure that uh, what HR does is relevant. So HR professionals, you know, beyond the executive level, really need to start doing this more and more, and many are. Sure. Now, we've done a couple of shows and we talked about this idea of uh, maybe changing roles and responsibilities for human resources professionals. But when we're talking about understanding what they do well, uh, we want to talk about some key points that, that you feel are important to talk about. One that you mentioned was the idea of understanding the the why, again, behind the processes or programs for which you're actually responsible for. Is that something that you think is a challenge for a lot of professionals? Is that an area that's gotten more gray, so to speak, in recent years? I think it's an area that is easy for people to overlook and and not dig into. So they just kind of go through the motions Mm. because it becomes very rote to them. So, and I think one of the challenges is, is that you miss a lot of opportunities to identify process improvements 
Or you may undervalue a step or leave a step out of a process because you don't understand why that step exists. Um, it may be based on a law, uh, a legal requirement. There may be a specific company objective or goal that requires certain steps to be taken. Or it may be something that's just relevant for your culture or a best practice. Are there any small ways for an individual to make sure they're on top of that? Any maybe tips or strategies that you've utilized to to really make sure that you're diving into the portion that you're responsible for? Yeah, so there's a few different things that I would say people um, really need to do. First is, is work to have a little bit of a curiosity, understand the why. Now, the process piece is actually an easy, easy piece to look at when you understand the why because... Lean Six Sigma and other process reengineering and process improvement practices have been around in manufacturing industries and in business for years. So simply by looking at each step along the, the way for processes, it's relatively easy to ask yourself the question, why does this step exist and is this important? And when you look at processes you own, that's a great approach to take. It's a little more um, challenging maybe for some to look at the why behind why programs or different initiatives may exist in an organization. And that's something that requires an individual to really look at a broader spectrum of why something exists beyond process steps, but really contextually, is it important because of an organizational goal? Is it important because of a business need or a, a law that exists? Or is it important for um, your customers and innovation and your culture? And some of the points that you brought up there, I feel slide in nicely with another point that you mentioned, uh, and that's the idea of being an expert in your own discipline. How do, you, how do you see that as being different than really understanding the processes that you're responsible for? What are we talking about when you're talking about the specific discipline and really becoming an expert in it? Yeah, when you look at, your, at becoming an expert in your discipline, you're not just understanding kind of the book knowledge of, you know, about your profession and employment laws. You're really looking at making sure you understand the trends, what best practices exist um, with other organizations and how that all ties to what you do so that you can bring value to the table beyond just the book knowledge, but how it actually applies in your company-specific situation and what your organization is trying to do. And what, can, what sort of issues can arise if one isn't proving that they have this expertise and they understand, as you mentioned, some of the trends and, and some of the, the really specific aspects to their position? Yeah, you know, there's a few things that happened. You know, a few years ago when we had uh, the recession kick in, a lot of companies started looking at their PTO policies and, and what they could do about their PTO mm -hmm. policies. And I know some HR professionals looked at it and said, hey, you know what, we want to make sure our employees are happy. Why don't we do more with some of these PTO pieces? Let's give unlimited PTO to our employees. And then employees, you know, would, would enjoy that and feel like the company is doing something for them. The challenge with something like that, if you don't have kind of a broader perspective, is that, you know, PTO balances are, are generally held as a liability on the books. Companies have to accrue for them financially. So there's a financial component there that organizations have to pay attention to. And you lose all credibility with your finance group right. if you don't understand that. And then beyond that, different states have requirements around PTO that tend to tie specifically to your policy, but once you have a policy in place, that state is going to uh, make you live by that policy. So in a state like California, for example, 
once something is an accrued benefit, you can't take it away. So mm. if you have unlimited PTO in the state of California, you could accrue a huge liability there. So that's where you see a lot of companies will cap it off or, or not allow people to roll it over to the next year. But you need to understand sure. what the requirements are in the states that you operate in and then what the impact is financially on the business for something like a PTO policy. Well, I appreciate you giving some examples there. Um, that one is specifically with the PTO and the idea of, uh, of how that can af- be affected with some of the items we're talking about. You did mention in, uh, in some of your response there the idea of um, you know, the financial side, the business side. What portion of that do you think matters for HR professionals and their success? Yeah, this is actually becoming more and more relevant for HR professionals to be successful because organizations really are looking for well-rounded professionals. And as you grow professionally and you move into leadership capacity, you have to understand more than just your own discipline. You have to understand the impact on the broader organization and the competitive nature of the organization. So for HR professionals to be successful, they really need to understand two basic areas. First would be just basic business fundamentals. You need to have a basic understanding of how financial statements work and how companies make money, a basic understanding of what employment laws or other laws that your company may have to operate in, how marketing might work, how product development may work. You don't have to have in-depth knowledge, but you need to have enough knowledge of those areas that you can speak relatively articulately and tie in the HR program so that they are thinking well with business needs. The second piece specific to business that organizations really have to, or HR professionals really have to pay attention to, are company-specific drivers. What does the competitive landscape look like for your organization? Why do your customers buy and, and why do some of your prospects not buy? Why do they go to a competitor? What sets you apart? Because when you understand as an HR professional how the company makes money, what sets the organization apart, then you're able to establish programs and initiatives that help to drive business results. And that's really the key, because when you drive business results, you become a partner with the business, and the business you know, thrives as a result. So when you look at who your stakeholders are, and you look at employees, you look at you know, the company's customers, you look at shareholders and that, are you serving them well? Well, when you understand what, how the business works and how it makes money, and then you can tie HR programs and initiatives to your specific company needs, you're much more impactful. And frankly, the job is just a lot more fun. <laughs> well, and I, I do think it's a great point, the idea of uh, sort of the, the inside edge you get with understanding some of those business aspects. Um, so I think, uh, I think some nice practical tips there for our listeners. I can, I can just hear some of them, though, saying, you know, Brooke, this all sounds great. I would love to be involved in all of this, but I don't have the time. I have too many day-to-day things going on. Um, I'm not going to be allowed to take time to, to do the research and, and get some training or any of that kind of stuff. What would be your response to them or to the employer if that really is the case? Yeah. And, and you know, at the end of the day, I think every one of us, especially HR professionals I hear this from, never feel like they have the time. And to be honest, often you really do not have time. Um, HR people's days may start off well-planned and they have a lot of things they're going to get done that day. And your day could get thrown off by an employer relations issue that pops up in the middle of the day that, that takes up your time. You really have to prioritize and make this a priority for you personally because there will never be enough time. 
And so you need to look at how can you make sure you are highly effective? Um, what can you do to streamline your own processes? So if you're taking 10 steps to uh, put together new hire paperwork, for example, can you streamline, can you automate any of that so that you can move to have more time for some of the higher impact areas that are beyond processing? Well, again, Brooke, we appreciate you coming on talking about some of these uh, specific details and some of the ways, as uh, as you mentioned, HR professionals can be successful and maybe step up their game a little bit. I wanted to give you the floor here at the end of our show just to give our listeners a takeaway, a final tip, a final strategy, or, or anything you want to mention regarding this topic and something you think would be important for our listeners to hear as we close out the show. Sure. It, you know, there's probably two key points that I'd, I'd like to uh, to say and the first is make sure that you don't focus solely on learning the how to do something, but really work to ensure you understand why you're doing it. You have to know your job, you have to know your profession, and you have to know your company to be able to have an impact and to be taken seriously and have a seat at the table. Then you have to show the initiative. Um, you know, do not expect that others are just going to show you the way or that uh, it's someone else's job to, to help you to be successful. It's up to you. High-impact professionals all have taken that initiative. So you need to understand who are your resources that you can ask questions to. How well are you networking within your profession? How well do you know your research sources and participate in your local professional association? And just be very observant and really take ownership on yourself because the roles are much more enjoyable and impactful when you take the time to be a strong professional. All right. With that, we will close out this edition of Moving Up the Ladder. Again, we've been speaking today with Brooke Carlin. She's the principal consultant at Stunzel Group and an individual with a lot of great insight for us today. So, Brooke, thanks again for coming on sharing with our listeners. Thank you, Tim. And, of course, if you want to reach out to us, if you have any comments or suggestions, go ahead and shoot an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also connect with us on Twitter. Find us at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.